This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 238 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. If you're into that. We're recording during the Super Bowl, so we have no clue what happened. Yeah. As of yet. I was going to say, so don't tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can tell us if you want to, because by the time you listen to this, we will know what happened. Oh my gosh. I like to tape stuff anyway, so I can zip through all the commercials, which normally you don't want to do during the Super Bowl commercials. That's true. I've heard... Uh, I've heard on one of the news specials the other day, they said it was going to be like really toned down this year because they didn't want to offend anybody. And oh, Jesus, so, Pete. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they'll be Can as funny as Can we just have some fun? <laughs> Can we just see Janet Jackson's tit? That's not really on the commercial. Oh, that was in the show. Yeah, that was during the halftime oh, never show. Mind. <laughs> all right, let's jump into this. We want to first say thank you to all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you guys so, so much for protecting us every single day. We love you all very much. We pray for you guys. And like I've said a hundred times, you're our angels on this earth. And we just, we're so proud of you. And we just love you guys so much. And because I think I've left it off, maybe even the last couple of episodes, I want to make sure that we, uh, you make sure that you're clear that we also mean all of our frontline COVID of workers course. and all that. Bless her heart. So, even though I didn't say it, we we meant it. Oh so, yeah. But I want to make sure you guys yeah. aren't. God bless all of you all for sure. Also, we want to make sure that people realize that times are tough right now. There's a lot of loss of jobs. There's COVID. There's just you know. A lot of rough time going on. Depression is at an all-time high. Reading some other reports again the other day that just talked about the mental aspects during COVID. And we just want to make sure that people know that you've got family here. Even though you might not be blood-related to us, you are family. If you listen to us, if you don't listen to us and you just, you know, of course, if you don't listen to us, you're probably not hearing this. But I'm just saying, like, but if you've got friends or family who don't listen and you think they could, you know, be helped by the group, send them our way. Yes, you know, please do. Our goal right now is just to help as many people as possible. Listeners are, you know, it doesn't matter if they listen to the show or not. We just want to make sure that of people course. are helped. Yeah. We guys, you know, we just want everybody to be okay, you know, and we're here if you want to call Jerry or I, or like he said, reach out to the group. And if you would rather talk to somebody else, you can call the hotline at 800-273-8255, or you can text them at 741-741. Absolutely. As usual, Tracy, this episode is brought to you by El Yucateco Hot Sauce. It is the number one habanero-based hot sauce in the United States and top 10 in all hot sauces in the United States. Shoo! Hashtag king of flavor. They focus on the flavor, not the hot. So it's hot, 
but it doesn't have all the bad stuff in it that, uh, you know, they take the pepper seeds and stuff out or mm-hmm. whatever it is that cause the inflammation of your mouth and throat at and the all other that end. stuff. Yeah. When you go yeah, to the, and the other. So they take all that <laughs> stuff out. So you, you get the heat, but you get a good heat. Yeah. That's what she said. Ooh, but yeah. You can get yours at most of the major grocery stores out there. And if you can't find it at your grocery store or that you can't find all the flavors, go to com. And you can use the code Hillbilly Horror. You'll get 10% off your total. Give it a try, guys. All right, Tracy. Excitement for this week. Well, we need some excitement. We have an awesome episode. Awesome. I, I really like this one. This is this is a little bit different than what we normally do. Okay. But it's a cool episode. And we also, we're going to have some uh, details. We set up a show for September 18th. We are so excited. And St. Augustine with History Goes Bump. Yes. And this is going to be like a whole weekend deal. So tune in for, I'll get into details after that, but tune in uh, after uh, the, the episode and uh, we'll tell you all the details. Sounds great. I'm excited. It's on the beach. It's all uh, I'm that's say. what I'm talking about. Let's go. Okay. This episode, Tracy, I, you know, we're all really familiar with the rite of exorcism. Mm-hmm. And we might not know how to do one, but we all know that there's a rite of exorcism and what it's used for. I know how to do it. I watch Supernatural. I would not probably rely on that. (laughs) (laughs) The problem is, is, it's funny enough that I was getting ready to say, is that what most people know is probably based on Hollywood and not actual religious beliefs. Right. So most of us have seen The Exorcist or The Exorcism of Emily Rose. And both of these movies are based on real life exorcisms. That's, I mean, that's so hard to believe. I know. Seriously, it is so hard to believe. The book and the movie The Exorcist were based on the exorcism of Roland Doe back in the uh, late 1940s in the United States. And for those of you who want extra credit, everybody knows it by Roland Doe because that was the name given to him. It was a uh, obviously a fake name to mm-hmm. preserve his identity. But his real name was Robbie Manheim. Oh. So the little boy that was... The fourteen-year-old boy that was uh, exercised in the uh, Missouri area, oh my St. Louis area, but it was, yeah. you know, originally in like the, um, the Washington D.C. area is when it all happened, and they went to St. Louis, and I think they went back. But anyway, long story short, that actually had a happy ending because uh, Robbie Manheim ended up growing up. Uh, he kind of never really talked about it afterwards. But he grew up and he was a successful man. Mm-hmm. So that's a situation where an exorcism actually turned out to be uh, a good thing. Or at least, you know, it ended well. Exorcism of Emily Rose was loosely based on the exorcism of Annalise Michelle in Germany, which we've covered on the show with those horrible uh, tapes of the exorcism that we've played that everybody gets so freaked out about. That story did not have a pleasant ending and uh, Annalise sadly passed away mm-hmm. during the, the numerous days of exorcisms. On oh, that man. One. Sadly, there are many exorcisms that go wrong on a very regular basis all over the world. Some of these cases are the result of leaders of the church that have such complete control over their fellowship that they just, the, the, the people that are members of the church will just blindly follow doing whatever they're told and they won't stand up and say, hey, something doesn't seem right about this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just so caught up in, in uh, the priest or whoever it is in the church that they're just like, oh, I mean, if he says it, it just must, must be, be true. true. Yeah. So when you think about it, it's not much different than some of these cult leaders 
and the ability that they have to pretty much convince their followers to commit mass suicide, such as Jonestown or the Heaven's Gate, uh, you know, or for that matter, really the the whole murders that took place at the urgent Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he didn't get his hands dirty, he pretty no, much he but he know, got the job done. Yeah, he might as well have. So the difference between Charles Manson and these other uh, cults that we've talked about is the fact that they truly believed, as far as like Jim Jones and uh, the Apple Apple White of Heaven's Gate, they truly believed that they were doing the right thing based on their religious beliefs. Yeah, right. I think Jim Jones, he got a little more egotistical, but originally the whole thing started out of a good thing mm-hmm. and the whole move the guy in and all that. But when it came to the, the actual end, I think he was more of just a power-hungry yeah, mongrel. Yeah, definitely. Well, this is kind of what happened with the whole Annalise Michelle deal. The the priests honestly believed that they were helping her. And when it was all said and done, she passed away. And then they, they actually brought the priest and her parents up on charges for that situation. It was actually the first time that anybody had ever been brought up on charges from oh, a death from an exorcism. Yeah, no kidding. So tonight's story, though, it leans a little more towards the the classic cult leader and that someone may be going overboard trying to do the right thing. This is the story of Marichia Arena Cornici. Now her story is sad from the very beginning to the end. We're going to call her Arena the rest of the show because yeah. one, that's what everybody called her and mm-hmm. two, her first name is really hard to say. Okay. So we're going to stick with Arena. Arena was born in 1982 in communist Romania. So this is a recent story, as you can tell, fairly mm-hmm. recent, well, comparatively yeah. speaking. Mm-hmm. Not much is known about her early years of her life, other than the fact that her and her brother, Vasil, had a very abusive mother, and their father committed suicide by hanging in front of Arena. So she oh, witnessed Lord. the entire thing. After the suicide, the brother and sister landed in a Romanian orphanage. Now, Romanian orphanages during this time were not good places. There was little funding, so there was often times where they were very short on food and supplies. So it was not unusual for children at these orphanages to go hungry and go sometimes days without food. Aww. It was a communist country at the time, and it just wasn't a priority to the government of a communist country. That's hard to believe. The employees of the orphanage were verbally abusive, and Arena and Vasil had to literally fight for anything that they had. So because of the funds were so tight, the orphanage had a sponsorship program, much like you would see today. You know, when you turn on the TV and, hey, these children in whatever country are starving and for $15 a month, you can. They started a sponsorship program like that. But technically, it was supposed to be for children that were um, handicapped Mm -hmm. and had disabilities. And. That was the main reason for it. But the government was also helping those children out more than they were the orphanages. So, Arena was sponsored by a very nice German couple by the name of Inga and Wilhelm Schindler. And I want to talk about them for a few seconds. So, let me tell you what, what happened with them. They were watching TV one night. They're in Germany. They're watching TV and they see one of these commercials like we just talked about. But it was for the disabled children. So, this tugged at their heartstrings. They had the extra money, and they wanted to help. Mm -hmm. They made the call to the number that was on the TV, 
And when they were on the phone with the remaining representative of the charity, they said, hey, look, you know, I know you called about the disabled children and they already get lots of help. Maybe you would consider sponsoring some of the children at the orphanage. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to help kids. Yeah. So for them, it was like, whatever's going to do the best. So that's what they ended up doing. Well, they obviously got to know Arena, and they got to know her brother a little bit, but primarily Irina was the one they were, they were sponsoring. Now, their relationship would continue on even after the orphanage days. So at the orphanages the, at these days, it was a standard procedure to just turn the children loose once they turned 18. They'd give them a little bit of money, and they were on their own, kind of like releasing them from prison. Right. And, it, and I guess that makes sense. I mean, when you're 18, you probably don't need to be in an orphanage anymore. No, no, not at all. Once she was forced to leave the orphanage, she went to Germany and actually lived with her sponsors, the Schindlers. No way. Yeah. I guess her brother was still in there because he wasn't 18 yes, yet? Yes, okay. correct. Now, she very much enjoyed the time that she spent with her sponsors, but she had no friends. And she worked as a nanny nonstop. And this started to take her toll on her. Keep in mind... In the orphanage, like I said, they had to fight for everything. Yeah. She was not somebody that was used to just being very outgoing. So she stayed at home when she wouldn't work, and she just stayed at home. So that's why she really didn't make friends. She had one friend from back in the orphanage, and her brother was the only two people mm -hmm. she could even count on other than the sponsors, the Schindlers. So she's saving, she's saving some good money, and the uh, the Schindlers were actually taking care of the money for her to kind of help out. And... Um, she decides at the age of 22 to move back to Romania, and she took a nanny job there. It's about this time that she receives a phone call from her brother, Vasil. He tells her about this priest, Father Daniel Garajano. Now, Father Daniel was the head of the Romanian Orthodox Monastery in Tanaku, Romania. Arena's brother was completely devoted to Father Daniel, and Arena soon learned that a friend of hers from the orphanage was a nun at the monastery. So, he talks her into moving there to become part of the, the church and the monastery. At 23 years old, Arena and Vasil moved there in January of 2005. Within two weeks of their arrival, Arena was now also a nun at the monastery. Soon after that, though... Irina began laughing during church, like a giggle, okay? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's awkward. So, by April, her actions had become way worse than that. She was really starting to get out of, out of hand. Her mental state had deteriorated to the point of being admitted to a psychiatric hospital, where after two weeks of treatment, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. She was then released with some medicine, back to the monastery. Her actions immediately got worse after returning to the monastery. So Father Daniel and the nuns there, and there was about two dozen nuns on the premises, mm -hmm. they weren't really buying the whole mental health diagnosis. Oh, they saw something different. Yeah. In fact, he and the two dozen nuns that I spoke about on the isolated hilltop monastery felt that there was, you know, not Irina, that was actually mocking and, and cursing them and all that. It was Satan, so obviously. He's rude like that. He is. Her friends at the monastery said that they had never noticed any kind of mental health issues from Irina. Mm -hmm. And why would they? You know, they'd known her for two months. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, calculated guess. Her brother even said though that she suffered from demonic possession, and was with her, and saw Satan go into her. And we'll talk a little more about that later. Father Daniel knew what needed to be done. He's an expert, you know. Mm-hmm. He considered himself an expert when it came to casting out demons, so he felt an exorcism was in order. All right, so I want to take the time here to talk about Father Daniel Petri Garagino because he has quite the history. Uh-oh. At the time this all happened, he was 29 years old. And he did consider himself an expert, like we said, in casting out demons. Now, he obviously had some type of formal training for this, you would think, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. That would be a big fat no. What? So 10 years before this, he was a soccer player in Romania. Okay? Yes. He wanted to study sports law at Bucharest University, but he wasn't able to get get admittance into the university. I guess he didn't have the grades. He, he admitted himself he wasn't a very good studier, mm-hmm. and he wasn't very good at learning. So, boom, he was not admitted without the proper grades into the university. So he instead started taking a few theology classes at Lhasa University, but only for about a year. Because a year into this, well, I want to say this. Things were really tricky at this time in Romania when it came to religion in general, because I I want you to see why this next thing happens. During the communist years, religion was pretty much outlawed. You couldn't, yeah, it was an atheist. And that's what a lot of communist countries do. Russia was like that for the longest time. When they were under communist, you, if you were Christian or if you were Buddhist or if you were any other religion, you had to do it underground. Mm-hmm. And you you could be imprisoned, imprisoned if they found out you were doing it. Yeah. Well, that's horrible. Well, it's because a lot of communist countries feel like that religion forces you to kind of go against what their belief they system believe, is. Yeah. They want mm-hmm. you to believe it, and they, and they want you to uh, pretty much... Listen to all their commandments. And they don't want you listening to somebody else's commandments, like a religious you know, sect or whatever. Mm-hmm. They want you to listen to theirs. So that's kind of the thing. So during the communist years, like I said, religion was, was outlawed. They promoted atheism, and Christians were persecuted. So this changed around 1990. So there wasn't exactly tons of qualified priests laying around when they want to start opening churches up once they were able to do so. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, you're either going to bring people in from other countries or you're just going to have to find a way to start and learn. So about a year into his schooling, this businessman from Tanaku, which is where he lived, approached Daniel about building a monastery up in the hills, and this was his hometown, so it sounded good. Here's what the problem is, though. The businessman that brought him in and the archbishop who was going to run the section, they assumed that when he came on board that he was going to still continue his schooling. So he would do both. And then it would be fine. We'll start early. We'll get it built. And then as time goes, you're going to learn what's going on. But he skipped class. Well, he didn't just skip class. He just flat quit. So Daniel was ordained by the local bishop. He then promptly dropped out of school and fully devoted himself to running the monastery. By 2003, Father Daniel was bumping heads with the diocese. It seemed that he had a very unconventional style of running the church, 
and this disturbed the leaders of the diocese. Like what? What did he do, I wonder? Well, a little bit of everything, but uh, as we'll get in more into the story, you'll see some of the stuff that he does, mm-hmm. that, he, that he had done on a regular basis beforehand. In fact, when the bishop actually came to him to, to discuss the issues that he had with him, and he read the uh, canon law, which is basically the rules of the church, Daniel said that uh, the rules were 19th century innovations made by Freemasons. <laughs> so, yeah, he wasn't real big on following the rules that were set Well, it doesn't forth. sound like it. Father Daniel had been warned in writing, but he had a very strong, dominating personality, according to active bishop, Reverend Carnilo Barladenu. So the monastery's original community of monks broke up as the young men left the monastery to become priests at their own locations. As the priests left, Father Daniel started replacing the priest with nuns that he recruited who were completely devoted to him. Mm. He grew his hair and facial hair extremely long. He then had signs plastered all over the fence at the monastery entrance. These signs warned visitors of the monastery rules. One, men are not permitted after 4 p.m. Two, women are forbidden to enter in pants or with their heads uncovered. And with three, their heads uncovered? With their heads un- Oh, Lord, I can never go in. Ever. <laughs> Ever. And three, only followers of the Orthodox Church are allowed inside. Another sign read, This is God's house. Here, the angels sing. I like that. Father Daniel began holding church services several times a day and in the middle of the night. This attracted a fanatical following from nearby villages. And we mentioned that his knack for casting out demons, right? Mm-hmm. A priest at one of the neighboring villages said he he would say prayers for exorcisms on command. So this was something that he had, like, had done so many times that he knew what was going on. The same priest said that uh, Father Daniel wasn't a humble enough priest mm-hmm. to be able to do this. Yeah. He said that this this only a well-prepared pure priest should undertake such a struggle with the devil and that was not Father Daniel. Can you imagine whenever you become a priest and you have to do your first exorcism? Yeah, but I don't think that, I think the, I think in most cases these priests probably are prepared for that. I know, but you know it's still got to be scary as heck. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, do you like put your hand over your face when things start happening? I would. Let's get Bishop Long on and let's ask him. Oh, I think we should. Go ahead and call him. (laughs) Church leaders say that the Orthodox Church has no specific exorcism rites beyond the reading of prayers written by the early church leaders, but the combination of a deeply superstitious rural population and a willful clergy has led to the spread of more elaborate practice in recent years. Several priests have gained a local reputation as effective exorcists in areas where the poor often turn to the church to cure sickness before they go to the Romanian broken down healthcare system. So the healthcare system during this time, I guess, was so bad, we're talking early 2000s, mm-hmm. was so bad that they didn't feel like they, the, the, a lot of the rural people didn't feel like they'd get any help from the healthcare system, so they would rather go to like a priest mm-hmm. and try something like that. Oh, yeah, well, which is what a lot of people in the mountains did would right. go to witch doctors yes. and, and mm-hmm. 
voodoo priestess and stuff like that. It's the same thing that used to happen in rural communities all over the world. All right, so we're up to speed on Father Daniel now. And we're, we're back to uh, Arena's return to the monastery from the hospital where she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Obviously, to Father Daniel and the nuns, this is not the case. She's obviously possessed. In June of 2005, Father Daniel and four nuns decided to perform an exorcism. In order to restrain her from violent movements, they bound her hands and feet and locked her in a room while participating in the liturgy commemorating in the ascension of Jesus. A few days later, they chained her to a wooden cross with her arms stretched and carried the cross into the church so they could anoint her. What the hell? Now, oddly enough, this was nothing new, according to Sister... Daniel? <laughs> no, according to one of the nuns, Sister Nicoletta Arkalavu. Apparently, according to her, they had done this to others who had been possessed by the devil on several occasions. So when, when we talk earlier about all the things that they were afraid of, that's the kind of stuff that was going on there on a regular basis. So that's the problem they had with Father Daniel and his... I guess an orthodox church, unorthodox methods. Why did they just get rid of him? I would rather have no priest at, or to have something like that. She said that Irina knew that she was possessed because she was begging them to tie her up so she wouldn't cause anybody problems. That's what they said. Yeah, I'm sure that's the case. They get her in there. They anoint her wrist and her hands with a well. She was then gagged by putting a towel in her mouth to keep her from cursing. Then they prayed over top of her to cast the demon out as they wetted her lips with holy water. She was then moved to a dark room for three days. Now this is where details get fuzzy. Most say that the nuns came back to check on her after the third day and she was dead and they called the ambulance. Or close to death, we'll say close to death. They called an ambulance. She still didn't have that rag in her mouth, did she? Yes. What? According to Father Daniel, at the end of the anointing, she was untied because she was cured, of course. She was later given bread and tea, but she collapsed. Now, the reason that she did was put in the room, by the way, with no food or water for three days, which was the case, was because he wanted her to drink holy water. And she refused, so he, he said, you don't get anything. Because she refused to drink holy water, she got nothing for three days. So the ambulance arrives. In the ambulance on the way to the hospital, they gave her six doses of adrenaline. When she got to the hospital, she was dead on arrival. Now, others say that she was found unconscious on the cross. They called the ambulance, and she never woke up. So the original cause of death determined by the coroner was suffocation and dehydration. And the suffocation was from the cloth that was shoved into her mouth. Now stay tuned because we have a twist to the story at the very end. You think though she could get that cloth out of her mouth with her tongue, like push it forward? Well, it depends on how far they shoved it in. What a bunch of idiots. So after her death, her body was released to the church... Oh, she's like, oh, yay. Well, she was dead, so she didn't care. Well, still, that's not the point. They laid her out 
And there's actually video of this. You can go actually see video of like the priests and some of the nuns as she's laid out, um, kind of standing beside the body and, and all that stuff. So you can actually see some video of this. She could not be laid out in the main part of the church, though, because, you know, she had been possessed. So they had to lay her out in a little side part. Of the okay, church. but I thought she wasn't possessed anymore. Well, it didn't matter. She was possessed before. So Father Daniel and four nuns were arrested and charged with the murder of Arena. Good. Father Daniel was given 14 years, and the nuns anywhere from five to eight years. Father Daniel was released in 2011. He only served like six years. Six, well, yeah, what a whooping. Before Father Daniel and the four nuns were arrested, they took part in a four-hour interview on Romanian television. Father Daniel was joined by Irina's brother and 12 nuns. They said her problem started on the day of her first communion. Irina's brother said that Satan came to her that day and he called her girl and girly. Not very Satan, Satanist. Like, it's not very scary. What up, girl? Yeah. Yo, yo. When asked about the mental illness, Father Dan said, and I quote, you can't take the devil out of people with pills. Is he still alive? Yes, he is very much still alive. I want to go punch him in the space. At the funeral, when Irina's body was lowered into the ground, claps of thunder could be heard. And Father Daniel turned to the crowd and said, the will of God has been done. Okay, but I don't understand why the brother was siding. It's his sister, for gosh sakes. Once again, cult-like mentality. Her brother is saying that he saw Satan go into her. Yeah, what about that? Did we get to that part yet? Yeah. He called her girl and girl. Oh, I'm sorry. You just said that. I'm sorry. My bad. The monastery was closed down, and Father Daniel was defrocked, obviously. Defrocked. That's what they they said. He don't got no clothes on? Yeah. They didn't give a frock. (laughs) And here's the twist that I promised. In 2014... Irina Cornici's body was uh, exhumed. Why? And it was determined that her actual cause of death was an overdose of adrenaline. Oh, no. The coroner involved in the exhumation said that he's not sure why this was not really taken into consideration at the actual time of death, but the paramedics... They just gave her too much. ...gave her too much. So Father Daniel, when told this said the only mistake he made was calling the ambulance because the medics actually killed her. Had he not made that call, she would be alive and well today, in his opinion. I don't know what to say about that boy. (laughs) He got some issues. Yeah, so what ended up happening with him is when he got released from jail, now he's living out like to himself and like mm-hmm. this little bitty, not really a shack, but like a little cottage out mm-hmm. in the woods. No kidding. So yeah, he's just kind of living out on his own. So yeah. I don't, I don't know, you know, in the end, when you hear what happened, yeah, did he think he was doing the right thing? I believe so. Well, I do too, but you, you can, you, anybody with any common sense though, knows you cannot put a gag in somebody's mouth for three days. They're going to suffocate. That is ridiculous. Why Why did they have to do that? Why couldn't they took that thing out? She was already tied at the hands and the feet. 
Well, what was Cause she? Because she was cursing. Oh well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Guff Britt, he hears a curse word. Now that is so stupid. I'm sorry. You know, the, the, once again, here's the situation. And, and I'm not trying to rag on religion because I'm not. No. But sometimes, sometimes I think the Bible, the Quran, whatever you use as your book can be taken too Literally. literal. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate, you know, we'll, we'll go back to like Bob Marley. You know, Bob Marley had cancer. And could have gotten treatment, but but chose to refuse treatment Mm -hmm. because he felt like it was against his belief system. And that's a shame. You know, and, and, you know, then you've got parents who have kids that they won't allow treatment for various different types of medical I'm sorry, but that I will never understand. And, And because that's their religious beliefs. They are so convinced that their God... And whichever religion it is, will take care of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the same goes for snake handlers and everybody else. These people who get so far into the religion to where they don't they, they don't let common sense come in. You know, I used to tell this joke. It's not really it's a it's a a joke that's made to teach. But the joke was there was, and you'll see where I'm going with this, there was a big flood, and a guy was standing up on his roof, and the flood water's getting higher. And this guy comes by in a boat and, and he says, uh, you know, it's just a makeshift raft. And he's like, Hey, come on down. And the guy's like, no, no, no. The Lord's going to save me. And he said, okay. So he leaves. Well, then a, a motorboat comes by. Hey, come on down. Water's even raising higher. Oh no, no, no. The Lord's going to save me. Then a helicopter comes by. Same thing. Now the, the guy's, you know, getting closer to, to not having any room to stand on the roof Helicopter comes by. Come on in. Oh, no, the Lord's going to save me. And a few minutes later, here comes another boat. He's like, the Lord's going to save me. He said, well, the Lord done sent two boats and a helicopter. It's about time you get in this one. Oh. <laughs> so the, 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 point, the, point, is, the yeah. point is, you know, God might save you, but that might be through going to a doctor. Well, of course, yes. You know, that might be by giving you the means to take a certain medicine or yeah. or something like that. So my point is, like I said, I'm not ragging on religion. I'm just saying sometimes, yeah. you, you gotta know. You got to look at the, the picture, the big sometimes picture. Sometimes look at the big picture is what I'm saying. I mean, you see what Ma Ingalls did. We're not she gonna... was riding. Uh, look, she <laughs> had that nasty thing on her leg and she was reading the Bible and it said, cut it off. Yeah, she was going to cut and it off. And she was going to cut off her leg. And that, and that's my whole thing. It's just, you know, I, I think, I don't think this guy meant to do anything bad. I think he 100% thought he was on board. And all the people following him thought he was on yeah, board. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I mean, I get that. I get understand that. But then, like I said, you got to, I don't care what you're doing. You have to have common sense. And I'm not, and, and I'm being as honest as I can, I'm not going to say she wasn't possessed. Well, who, we would never know. I don't know. Because I just I, think his methods of what the way he did it was just right. Not it was all just wrong. Fire, like fire and brimstone. Yeah. Boom, this is the way it's going to be. I mean, because like I think there's people like the the Amons case in mm-hmm. uh, Gary, Indiana, with the the demon house mm-hmm. that Zach bought and burnt down or, mm-hmm. or uh, destroyed. You know, I think there was something going on there, but you know, she was very religious and she was very strict in her religious punishments. 
And when it was all said and done, when they went to psychologists and psychiatrists, they're like, okay, you can't have your kids back until you agree that you're not going to involve biblical things in the punishment. You're not going to make them write Bible verses and you're not going to write, you know. And I'm like. But you can't do that. I'm like, who are they to say? Right. That Herbert, who are they to say that these kids wouldn't possess that it was all psychological? Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't think they've got a right to do that, and I don't think that the yeah. priest has a right to say that it's not mental. I yeah. think there has to be a fine line somewhere. No, I agree with you 100%. So, well, I feel sorry for her. It's a very frustrating situation, and her life was crap from beginning to end, yeah, basically. that's really sad. Bless her heart. And the truth of the matter was, she probably, and she said at one point in time, I didn't really say this in the story, she even said at one point that the devil was telling her things. Mm-hmm. I think this is really what kickstarted all of it. Mm-hmm. She was hearing some kind of voices. I believe that 100%. But that could have been schizophrenia, yeah. like they said. And if she wasn't taking medicine, and they sent her back, and they didn't believe it wouldn't give her medicine, it's not going to get any better. Yeah. So it would have been nice if they'd allowed her to take her medicine, medicine yeah, to see. and to see and maybe none of the other stuff happened where she would never even, they would have never felt the need in an exorcism. Yeah, that's just so sad. I mean, she came out and had a good family that took care of her and and have it to end the way it did. It's just, that's messed up. And I meant to mention this at the very beginning, but I didn't. We have an interview tonight with some very fun paranormal investigators and podcasters uh, Shaw Wooten and Victoria Osborne from Exploring the Paranormal with Geeks Paranormal. That's mm-hmm. their uh, that's their name is Geeks Paranormal. Mm-hmm. And I should have mentioned that at the beginning, but I didn't. But that's going to follow uh, here at the end of the episode. So, all right, let's take a quick sponsor break, and then uh, we will be right back. Okay, so real quick. Uh, before we uh, Tracy reads these things, and before we get into the uh, the fun interview, they got some really cool stories. You're gonna like this, and they're the super fun. Yeah, super fun. And Shaw is ex-military, so thank you. Yeah, for your thank service. you for your service. All right, this show I was talking about. Let's talk about that first. Saint Augustine, Florida. It's at Beecher's Lodge, which is right on Crescent Beach. They have it's it's not a hotel. It is a bunch of individual condo units, mm-hmm. and they've got everything from studios to uh, two-bedroom suites. They have blocked off 10 rooms for us, for anybody who wants to stay there. And if they, they've got more if we need it, but they're just starting yeah, with 10. Yeah, right. And if you go to the event space, which I put a link on our uh, website, so you can go to hibbelyhorrorstores.com and click on the link, and you'll see everything about it. But I've included uh, prices and rooms. They have many suites. Not not many M A N Y M I N I the smaller suites. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they have the smaller suites if you book two days. Now you can book just one day, but it's regular price. But with the price they gave us, they have some rooms starting at ninety one dollars a night on the beach. Wow, you cannot be. And that. you can go look at you can go to the website and you and can look, look at, at pictures at oh, every one beautiful. of the rooms. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's they're beautiful. But I've got complete descriptions of the room. I've got everything that's going on at the event. This is going to be a weekend deal, much like we did in Atchison. Uh-huh. So your tickets are 20 bucks, get you into the show. And then everything else is just stuff you got to purchase separately. Like, for example, we're going to go to the, as, as many as you want to, are going to go to the St. Augustine Lighthouse on Friday night and take a haunted tour. And I'm, well, I'm let making... me tell you something. <laughs> let, me, let me just tell you. Eat your daggone Wheaties or... Get your workout started now, cause I cannot eat. I cannot. I don't even think I went up 
You went like two platforms and there was like 12. Yes. And I couldn't even do it. But I just, I don't know, guess I'm fat and overweight. I don't know. <laughs> well, I did it. So anyways, we're going to do St. Augustine. The next day, there's a beach uh, right there in the front, obviously. But the uh, Crescent Beach is Crescent Beach Restaurant. We're all going to meet, or as many as you want to. It's not obligated. But if you want to meet us and have a dinner with uh, me and Tracy and Diane and Kelly from History Goes Bump, then we're going to um, eat there for lunch at like 4 to 6. Mm-hmm. And the show will be from 7 to 10, right there walking distance. So you don't really have to go anywhere. You can just leave your room, walk to this uh, restaurant, and then go right back. Man, that sounds so fun. And there's not food or drink on the premises, but we're going to have bottled water. And if you want to bring food, like uh, dessert or drinks or any of that in you can do that too oh cool. so it's not a, not a problem you don't have to do any of that and then sunday we're gonna go to the old jail probably around noon tracy and i got to go there last year mm-hmm. it's awesome it's awesomely very awesome. haunted oh gosh it and is it's in a yeah that little complex mm-hmm. right there there's like a two or three other little things you can go little mm-hmm. general stores and stuff that are all set there but there's also a um uh, trolley tour that leaves from that same parking lot and we took that, we, that tour yeah. yeah we took that tour and it literally takes you around the whole city and shows you the so cemetery beautiful and, there yeah and it's not a haunted tour that one's not but it still shows you all the haunted places mm-hmm. if you know but you know so it's really cool it's, well, it's, we are so excited we cannot wait so like i said all those things you can buy t- you, and you can buy tickets from the lighthouse you buy it from their website you can get the old jail either from their website or on site when you're when you're there you can just walk up and get tickets same thing from the trolley tours but man this is going to be so much fun it's going to be september so it's already going to be cooling down so we're going to be right on the beach it's still going to be nice swimming weather and like i said if you if you stay they got room packages for friday saturday saturday sunday or just Saturday, if people were, you know, some people probably live in the area and they just want to come to the show and leave. I think that would be so awesome. We've already sold some tickets, haven't we? Yeah, we've sold two tickets already. I put it out last night. There's 60 tickets available. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, here's what we're banking on. Let's talk about COVID. We're banking on the fact that everybody's talking about vaccines and stuff being administered by, you know, maybe April, May, June. So that's why we set this up for September. And the show we're going to do in uh in dallas fort worth area will be in october so we scheduled both of these at the very end of the year for that reason yeah that hopefully covid isn't an issue that most people will be vaccinated and everything will be good and safe if not you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it and we'll socially distance it and find a way to make it happen if we have to do two shows that day we'll do two shows and split them 30 and 30 you know we'll do whatever we need to do uh we'll make sure i do want to mention this though and, and this is not to be a negative nancy but we had some some issues last year that totally made us rethink if we were even going to do live events again, uh, and part of that is is because of COVID. So I mean, it's nobody's fault. I mean, we I've got four places that I gave deposits to last year that I still haven't got refunds back. You know, over five hundred dollars worth of refunds. So that kind of sucks. But the other thing is, you know, COVID caused a lot of people to want to cancel on events yeah. that they did buy tickets for, right, and right. understandable. And, oh, of course. But I, I need to make sure this is 100% clear because we have to pay out of our pocket for these things. And we have to know when you're limited on number of tickets how many people are going to come. And I put this in the description. Not to be rude, but our events are no different than a concert or anything else. They are no refunds, period. It's, so just know if you buy a ticket and for some reason you can't make it last minute, there are no refunds available. We can't do it like that. We took a beating 
in the Pigeon Forge show because we had to give out like 28 refunds, which was at $20 a ticket, like $500, and we end up losing money on doing that show. And I don't mind not making money, but we can't lose four or $500 on doing a show. It just, it's not a, a good economical way to do stuff. So like I said, not, not being jerks about it, but just, you know, if you buy tickets for a Motley Crue concert and you can't go, you're just out that money. It's just the way it is. And we have to be the same way. So I'm just telling you, if you're going to buy tickets, just know that if something happens along the way and you can't make it, there, there can't be any refunds. That's been our policy for the other three years. This past year was the only time we've ever gave a refund. And it's just because it was different situations. Yeah. Right. So we're back to the new thing. Now, with that being said, if something happens and we have to cancel the event, everybody's getting a full refund. Oh, of course. You know, we're just saying if you personally can't make it or you feel like at the time you don't feel like it's a good decision, I just can't do anything about it. So I'm just telling everybody ahead of time before you buy your tickets, that's what the situation is. But come. Yes, it's we going want to, to see be you fun. Guys. You know. And hopefully we will be at the point where we don't have to wear masks. I, I just want to see people yeah, that, smile. That's I just where, want to see the rest of the face. That's where I think we're going to be at. I hope so. so. I hope so. Also, I need to mention, uh, because we don't mention it enough, even though some people think we do. Patreon, you, you know, we would love your Patreon support. That helps us do these live events. We use Patreon money to book the rooms and to... Uh, uh, book the you know the locations and stuff like that and these deposits and stuff that's what we use that money for for the most part mm-hmm. uh, we use it to set up these events and um, you know so if you want to do that you get a bunch of free stuff I'm not going to bore you with the details just go to patreon.com Hillbilly Horror Stories and you can see everything you can get at four or five different price points that we got yeah website go to our website you can buy tickets to this show you can um Donate and learn more about Paranormal Kicks Cancer, which is the new charity that we are 100% behind right now. And uh, you can check out uh, some of our other sponsors that we have on the show. Yeah, we're so excited about that. Super fun. And you can purchase the book if you want to buy my book and you want it personalized. And I always put some stickers and uh, some El Cateco stuff and some Podbelly stickers and uh, bookmarks and all that when you buy a book from the website. Yeah. We just want you to know that we really appreciate you guys more than you can ever know. Absolutely. I mean, it's like you don't even understand how much we appreciate you guys. And that's why we want to get these live shows going. And, you know, it's one thing that we do the podcast, which we love doing, and hearing from you guys. But we just want to meet you all. We have just been so blessed with meeting all all of you guys and just made friends and i feel like they're family now and to us you know that's the biggest blessing we could ask for and we miss the other podcasters as well i well, mean of like course. you know like justin du- and all Ju- that justin rimmel and the guys from bro ohio yeah. and jess from shoes booze and tattoos and of yeah. course you know you got history goes bump and a lot of these shows we do a lot of shows together three four five six times a year mm-hmm. you know dina and them from twisted Philly. Like we, we get so used to seeing these people that it's just like we can't wait. And then last year, we really didn't get to see any of them. I know. It's like, oh, we had to look at each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we're excited about getting back. And I wish we could just, I'm just too scared to pull the trigger and set shows up before mm-hmm. the end of the year. Because, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. All right, Tracy, what do you got for um, iTunes and stuff? All righty. Um, we have Diva Diana, Mojo Lobster. Sheila P. Sean's girl, just net eighty eight, and we had a really nice review from Zoe Gray from England. And our Patreons this week is Claire Stevenson. Thank you guys so much for your 
reviews. I love, 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 love them. And thank you so much for your support. And just, we are so happy that you are still hanging with us and hope you'll stay with us for a long time. And and I want to make sure that, because Zoe brought this up, and I want to make sure that y'all uh, realize this. We've said it before, we don't say it enough. We, we read these iTunes reviews, and it's straight off of the American list, because that's what's readily available. If you live in another country and you left a review, we probably didn't see it. And we want to make sure that we mention your name for leaving yeah. it. Send us a message and say, hey, I, I left the review. And then we'll mention your name as well. Heck yeah, man. We I don't want to leave anybody else. No. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. All right, Tracy. What, baby? We have our interview okay. with Sean and Victoria. So let's give them a listen. You're going to like them. Hey guys, I'm excited. I've been trying to get these young ladies on the show for quite a while, but they've got busy schedules and it uh, took a while to get going. But we've got Shaw Wooten and Victoria Osborne from Exploring the Paranormal with Geeks Paranormal. Ladies, thank you so much for making the time for us. Well, thank you for having us on. We're excited. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, we have had we have been busy. (laughs) Yes, we have. We, We stay busy all the time, like preparing and like doing what we do for our show we i i think we spend more time doing this than we do our actual paid oh, jobs yeah that's no lie on that one at all <laughs> right and i were in my paid job i work like 90 hours a week so imagine what i do for <laughs> yeah i was i was working a 70 to 75 hours a week before we went full-time doing this last year about this time last year matter of fact so yeah it's uh it's hard when you're trying to fit everything in at one time. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, but no. we've had so much fun doing oh, it. We oh, my gosh. We've, you know, we've had the most amazing guest on our show. Oh, yeah. Um, just recently, we had Barbie Wild yes. from Hellraiser. Oh, yes. Um, nice. Oh, yes. We had, um, we've had Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen. Um, John Dugan from um, Texas Massacre. Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I, think there's a, I think there's a, some kind of farm equipment or something in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's something there. And we've had him on. And then Sean Whalen. From, yep, Dalen from Ghost Brothers. Yep. We just had the Geek Crew. The Geek Crew. The, the G, G Crew. crew. <laughs> the G Crew on. Well, they is, bombarded us. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, that was awesome. They just, like, dropped in. We were in, was, uh, investigating. We were interviewing. <laughs> we do that, too. <laughs> yeah, we do that, too. Um, but we were interviewing Josh Hurd and mm-hmm. i was trying to surprise her with a guest <laughs> yes and yes. she spoke to him and he she said oh no we're gonna turn this around we're gonna surprise shaw with it mm-hmm. and i'm like oh okay she comes in here she goes okay we got something for you but don't just act surprised <laughs> okay <laughs> what do you have just just act surprised well that's not going to be a no-brainer it's going to be a surprise because <laughs> what are we doing <laughs> so he he comes on they say well he doesn't even come on no it's it johnny first yeah yeah johnny. johnny comes on i'm like you don't look like josh <laughs> <laughs> now we've had we've had johnny and josh on before so we knew who johnny was now mind you if people don't know who g crew is i'll tell you the names it's chad Lindberg who was on Fast and Furious mm-hmm. and Supernatural. Supernatural and uh, then it's um, Nick Groff. Like if, if you're in paranormal and you don't, and you don't know who Nick Groff is, ooh, <laughs> <okay>. research, <laughs> paranormal lockdown, ghost adventures. So it's those two. And then um, Johnny Hauser and Josh Hurd. And um, right at the moment, I can't, I'm blanking on what 
they're in, but they're in things too. Oh, well, the, um, the, well, the, Melvin Manor <laughs> yeah, is Melvin. what Josh yep. does. And isn't it the Lindsay? Yeah, they also do the, um, they also have been in movies. Um, What is it? The, uh, the, 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 I can't even think, but they can look them up. <laughs> Just look them up, guys. And, yeah, look they, them up. We're like drawing a blank right now. Yeah, they have a podcast called G Crew. Because we're fucking old and we're trying to remember everything at yeah. once. <laughs> Speak for yourself there. No. <laughs> I'm older than her. But, um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're 12 in, in our heads though. Uh, anyway, nice. so yeah, they came on and it was a surprise. It was, we, we, it was supposed to be, she was supposed to surprise me. And I had accidentally, I talked to Josh and he was like, yeah, I think I'm supposed to be on this Wednesday. I was like, oh, you're my surprise. <sighs> <laughs> let's reverse this around right so um go ahead and tell what happened so johnny comes on after johnny comes on i hear josh in the background he's like oh yeah i forgot <laughs> i'm like oh okay well how are you doing <laughs> and then we're just sitting here cutting the shit next thing i know i see chad's name pop up and i went no, she's a I haven't. We hadn't had Nick or Chad on the show no. yet, and she was all shaky. It was so fun. It was so I cute. was like, "No <laughs> way, no way!" So he comes on, and I'm like, "Oh, I loved you in Supernatural." And <laughs> it was then, so sad. You died in Fast and Furious. That's all we could say. You die all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's so sad. Anyway, <laughs> then while we're sitting there uh, over Chad, Nick's name pops up, and I'm just frozen yeah because like, Nick ah! is one of the reasons i started geeks paranormal was because of nick and aaron mm-hmm. and notice who we did not mention uh, yeah, we're, we're, on we, the, we're on the same page <laughs> it's like we always say we've never met him never so we can't really judge him thoroughly but, but, but we have friends like genuine friends that are like mm. well then we have we have gen- friends oh, then we her, have friends that are you know yeah, friends, so. friends that are friends of us and him and they they yeah you know say he's a wonderful guy on the but it's just the, the vibe yeah the vibe so we don't know, you know so yeah we don't know but yeah it's, it's, it's like, like i always it's, it's like i always say i'm not going <laughs> to criticize him as a person but as right. a style of paranormal investigator, yes. I yes. think he's disrespectful, and that's what I don't Very. Think. Yes. Very. Yes, absolutely. When you walk into a building and you don't know for sure what's going on, and all you think about is provoking and cursing, mm-hmm. and that's well, not a way, yeah. to me, to me, this is my opinion, that's not a way to start an investigation, because you don't know if it's a little girl right. that's haunting that mm-hmm. place. We, uh, or, we feel very strongly that you go in there and you respect what's in there, because we don't know what's going on. These pe- these poor people could have been a victim of something. Oh, yeah. They could have been, it, it, you know, they're tragedy and stuff, and people that come in and do trigger objects to bring what, like a noose? Come on, people. Like, don't do that. Don't. Right. Why, why would you bring up their very worst memory? And why don't you bring up something they, they supposedly lied? Right, or yeah. Like, you know. Strike up a conversation with them because they're reading human. A, reading a book to them <laughs> if they're like children. You see, you know, you know that there's children. Read them a story. You know, do something like that to trigger them. Trigger them in a positive way. Oh, yeah. You know, we've had a lot of success in people and entities talking to us. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we respect them. We go yeah. in with respect, you know, so, so. So let's talk a little bit about the two things that, that you ladies are very passionate about, which is paranormal investigating and your podcast, yes. which came first. 
Oh, the the group, the investigative team. Yeah, Geeks Paranormal. I brought Geeks Paranormal to life in 2012. Okay. And we have been granted here the past couple of years. We haven't really been able to do a lot of things because we've been doing the podcast. And because of COVID. And yeah. COVID, yeah. <laughs> Which um, kind of shut everything down. Yeah. But um yeah, the team came out first and it was just me and there's only one other person that's been in it since the beginning and that's Kelly. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, it's, it's been amazing. Uh, we've been, haven't been to too many places. It's been mostly private residential stuff. Mm -hmm. And that right there, I mean, I'm sorry, that gets me more than some of these bigger places yeah. because I know I'm helping that person and I know if I can't help that person, I know people in the field that can help. Mm -hmm. So it's it's amazing what you learn and what you continue to learn while you're doing this sort of stuff to help people that yeah. are confused or are like, I don't know why this is happening, but I think it might be paranormal. Mm -hmm. Can you come help? Or I saw this out in the field. Let's go watch the skies for mm -hmm. a little while. And it some amazing shit that you yeah you don't think I mean, about when you're quote normal <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how unquote we are not normal and <laughs> we, we love it it's but fun. i i joined in 2017 so and then we had a podcast like what three we four started months after that? three four months after that yeah yeah <laughs> i like i like the fact that you mentioned the residential part of it and uh i, I know mm -hmm. Yeah, I spoke to a paranormal investigator uh, just a couple of nights ago from Texas, and that was his big thing. You know, he's like, you know, you've probably never heard of, I haven't really been to too many of the big name places. It's more residential because that's where you can mm -hmm. help people. And I know mm -hmm. when I was talking to Grant Wilson one time, he was talking about that was one of the things that after he left the original Ghost Hunters, that he liked the fact that he could get back into actually investigating and helping instead of, hey, let's go into a place, spend a couple of days. We're going to tell you all the stuff that's wrong with the place, and then we're just going to leave you high and dry. But oh, you, know, yeah, no. you can get back into actually seeing it all the way through and helping people. And yes. that's one of the things I've always respected about Grant. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Grant has been one of the people after ghost hunter when ghost hunters came out it was grant and jason and granted at the time i was still kind of uh, about everything i've had paranormal experiences happen to me in the past but at the same time i kind of like oh let's put well I, you got to understand her background her mother is a southern baptist <laughs> you know so like when she's saying eh, there's a reason for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um they still think i'm crazy even now um no, but, now now they think both of us are crazy so but, <laughs> but in light of all of it you know i i watched the shows i loved the shows mm -hmm. and it brought me into being interested in it but it was it was nick and aaron that aaron especially that was like you know what i love his personality he seems like he's a really caring person mm -hmm. and cares about what's going on in these places mm -hmm. i wonder if i could do something like that yeah and i i absolutely adore the human race i'm a very social person yes i get nervous just like everybody else <laughs> but at the same time what i came into this field to do is not just to research and prove that these things exist, but it's to 
help people realize they're not as crazy as people want to make them out to be. Oh, absolutely. And then I also, you know, we also like to, not just I, just both of us, (laughs) our team, we want to help not only the living, but we also want to help the dead. dead. We want Mm -hmm. to help them to understand what's going on, why they're here, why are they stuck if they are stuck or, you know, what message they want to give out. So we're, we're in, we're in it for the, for the helping people, you know, that is just our, our passions. We want to help dead or, or alive souls, you know? So your team, is it all female? Yes. Yes. All female. So they didn't start off all female. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool because I know in the uh, the field, that's not the most common thing to see all female groups. So, the, so I'll commend you on that. Tell me how the uh, how you came up with the name. Oh, it was either going to be geeks or nerds. <laughs> and I was like, well, I kind of lean more to a, a geek. I'm a gamer. I'm a craft per, crafty person. Um, I, I'm more along the geek line. So we're like, well, now. You know, I don't want it to just be Geeks Paranormal. I want it to be an acronym of something, but I want it to be clever and I want it to be funny. So we, me and the members that were in it to begin with, okay, were, you know, brain, brainstorming, surfing. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and usually it's you that gets I all know, right? But um, I'm not getting to though. No. So. So we came up with geeks. Wasn't your daddy that helped? Huh? Didn't, didn't your daddy help a little? No, it was, was actually a former member's dad. Oh, okay. That yeah. helped out a little bit. He's the one that came up with the second word, which is ectoplasm, because we were like general <laughs> ectoplasm exposition and knowledge society. Well, what? We didn't have the ectoplasm. I was like, what can we do for the other E? Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, Slimer, ectoplasm. Oh, perfect. We'll do it. <laughs> and it's funny. It's funny. So, and it's long. And it's and long. And people don't remember it, but they remember us. Oh, <laughs> they remember us. <laughs> they remember us. And after a while, the more you sit there and say it and it rolls off your tongue, you end up re- remembering it. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Besides, if you would have done nerds, the first word would have had to have been naked. Uh, no. <laughs> no, darn it. <laughs> I've been trying to get that going, and she just won't let me. <laughs> so, Victoria, we'll start with you on this question. Mm-hmm. What is one, share one memory with you from, with me from the uh, investigation side. Give me one memory or story that really stands out where it's an example of when you really just helped somebody that made you feel great or you stumbled across something you didn't think you were going to be able to do. Give me one thing that stands out during your investigative years. Okay. Um, well, I was an investigator prior to meeting Shauna um, up in Michigan, only I wasn't like the most legal um, um, she is now. I am now, but like, well, I mean, I was with, I was with, with people that we didn't do all the legal like paperwork and stuff. And so I didn't really even know that was, that was a thing. So, you know, I was just kind of going about doing my thing, you know, whatever. Um, so, uh, let me see. We, I mean, I could tell you a ton of stories there, but like the first time I really felt like I actually helped somebody actually, that was when I was seven. I wasn't a paranormal investigator yet, but I could tell you that story if you want. Go ahead. I'm, hey, I'm good. Okay. Okay. So when I was seven, 
for whatever reason, now we're talking like, uh, you know, seventies, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, whatever it's maybe, maybe like early eighties. Okay. So there I was, was a little say, seven, early yeah, 80s, yeah like, wait a minute. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so there was a playground and for whatever dumbass reason, they put this playground right next to an electric fence, like right next to it. Yeah. Like how fucking smart is that? You know? So anyways, there was this little girl and she, ran over and she grabbed the electric fence. Now we're not talking the safety electric fences they have out today. We're talking about the old school electric fences that will kill you. You know, if you, you know, shake. so she was like, basically just, you know, she couldn't release because they have the electricity yeah. shoots through frozen. it. Shoots she's through frozen it. Shoots, too. Yeah. Yeah. And she's frozen to it. And you could just see that she was, you know, you know, eyes were rolling back and everything. And her mom was screaming and everything. And uh, a voice told me, go up and touch it north towards the gate. So I walked up and I, did what they said. I just touched it, laid my hand on it and it was able to release her. So she was able to live. She went to the hospital, but she lived. And all I got was a little jolt, but yeah. And that was one of the entities that I always had around me, but they told me to go touch it. And I'm pretty sure that entity was my cousin, Michael, who had passed away. Um, he, nobody knows for sure what happened. If he stepped out in front of the semi or if the semi driver had fallen asleep and swerved towards him, but there was no way to figure it out because of how badly he was oh. dead. How badly he was dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, we're just putting it that way, yeah. but he had followed me around from, cause he was my favorite cousin. I was, I was like his little baby, you know? So he had followed me around from that point on until I was grown and I was at one point, I mean, he used to play pranks on me, just like a normal teenager would. Um, he would turn the lights off on me when I was, you know, in the bathroom, in the shower. He would do all kinds of weird things. And even when I was um, breastfeeding my second daughter, he literally walked through me. And then he giggled about it. He thought it was funny <laughs> to walk through me. But yeah, he stayed with me until I moved to Oklahoma. How old was he when he passed? Um, he was 17. Okay. And I was little. So he was like, yeah, I was like his little baby, let it, you know, cherish and stuff. So I'm pretty sure. I mean, I have, I have no proof that the seven year old voice that I heard was actually him, but I can't, I don't know who right. else it could have been. Just makes sense. <laughs> well, Shell, your, your turn. You knew, you knew it was coming. So you've had time to think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so many, so yeah. many. Um, but probably one of my, favorite ones is um oh gee it would have to be the, the collinsville case yeah i was gonna say it's gonna yeah. have to be the collinsville case that we had a lot um, on there we had it was just <laughs> well we had spirits throwing voices that mm -hmm. were our investigators voices and had had stuff being distorted on one camera and said on three or four different other things differently. Um, mm -hmm. It was a very interesting case. And the minute we got there, things were already starting to happen. Oh yeah. Well, the, yeah. Because that happened when I did like, while you were doing the walkthrough before that, we even that went into the touch. building. Yeah. yeah. And she, you can hear on her recorder, I just, I just heard something. And then I just felt something. And mm -hmm. then on the recorder, you hear, I help me, help me. Yeah. Or, no, no, I am I here. Am here. And then that later on, I'm here. Yeah. yeah. And, but that poor precious spirit, she was 
mm. begging for help. And then the, and then whatever else was throwing our voices was mimicking her and like this. Oh, horrible, it was mimicking everybody. Oh my gosh. It was a horrible and way. Like he, she would say, help me. And they would go, help me, help me, help me. Like just horrible. There is one instance when we were in the back setting up the cameras. Um, we had a gentleman that oh, was yeah. the <laughs> first guy we've had in the group in a very long ass time. And I was like, all right, come on. I need the hand. So come on, let's go get this done. So we go out to the property. We're setting up cameras and I'm calling to her, asking her how the cameras look to the DVR. And she was just like, what? And I said, how does it look? And she said something else. And I hear, okay. But it sounded like the dude that was with me and there was nobody else in the house and he's standing in front of me. And I'm like, did you hear that? And he goes, well, hear what? I, I heard her. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's not what I heard. Now, mind he, you, she's the deaf one. So she uh, I'm deaf in my right ear. Mm -hmm. And I heard it plain as day. And I'm like, no, that was another dude. And so, like, well, let me call her. So I'm calling her and then I'm talking to her about it. And I'm like, did you hear anything? No, I didn't hear anything. Well, on the replay, on the video replay, you hear it plain as day in that gentleman's voice. Okay. Coming from over her shoulder. Mm -hmm. But I didn't hear it, which is weird because <laughs> I can hear, I'm pretty good at hearing that kind of stuff. And I didn't hear that one. And we had like five cameras and I think three of it picked up and the other two didn't. And the ones that didn't pick, pick it up should have mm -hmm. because they were the closest to it. Yeah. So it was just amazing because not only that, during that same time frame, you hear her uh, say something to me, and I'm like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. And I, you hear me say this and see me say this on mm -hmm. camera, but on her recorder, it sounds like I'm saying, oh, fucking, I'm yeah. just like, going it sounds like, on yeah. So I'm listening to this <laughs> later on, and I'm getting right, I was getting pissed, like, why is she saying this stuff? But then I, like, I had this feeling I needed to listen to another camera. At first, and so I did, which is kind of weird that I had that feeling <laughs> because normally I'm just I'm one of those jump the guns, jump straight to the what you bitch. What? <laughs> <laughs> but I listened to the other camera, and it's clear as day that she was just like, oh, I knew that she was going to need my help or something. But the first one, the one that I heard, said it was more like I know she was, she she was going to fucking blah 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 and ruin this for us or something. It was just it was like, and it was in her voice, and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck. Like, oh, there was a lot of that going on that night. Mm -hmm. Darren Evans had uh, was the one that called us onto this mm -hmm. site and uh, helped with the investigation. And he was gone, taking his girlfriend at the time back to because back she home. got she got something ripped off of yeah. her. She had a crucifix on her. But we had the spirit box going, and mm -hmm. his voice, plain as day, comes over the spirit box. Talk, just I don't, I don't even remember what it said. I don't remember, but, but yeah, it was his. It voice was like, and... is Darren here? No. Nope. And no, no, nobody's here but us. Okay, well, that sounded just <laughs> like Darren. So this this property was so interesting, but not only was it interesting in the aspect that it had it had spirits there, it was mm -hmm. definitely haunted. Mm -hmm. But the reason behind the case was the kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went there for the children because originally we but then when we got into the history, here's the interesting part about the history. Oh, yeah, the history um, of the place. She's the geek historian. She's yes. the one that does the, <laughs> the Geek story means the historian. But, like, the history of this place was very, very fascinating. Once, there was a town that literally the entire town picked up and moved. 
Okay. So there's that one situation. Yep. That mm-hmm. moved. Why did it move? Well, well, there was in five corners, like if you were to draw an actual star in each corner and a helicopter, a, a plane had gone down, but it did it. Uh, how it went down is what's weird. It would fly along and all of a sudden it would just crumble and or go down just and just crash. Drop. Yeah. So that was kind of the weird situation there. Like every single story that you had. Now, it wasn't all at the same time. It was decades later or something, but it was the same story of a plane that went and basically just dropped out of the sky or fell apart right at one spot and dropped out. And what state was this in? Oklahoma. 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 Okay. And so um, their house literally was dead center of that, of, Hmm. of all that spot. It was dead center. And there was... At one point I had saw or felt, I can't remember, did I see her or did I just feel her? The girl. The oh, you just felt her. Yeah, I felt her. Yeah. I felt this girl and I could, per, I could pretty much describe, but you know, she had like a mark on her face and did, did, did all, all these different things. And she has another buddy that was part of our team a while ago that she had on the phone. I was a live it. feed. I was yeah. on a live feed and he was um, watching the live feed. So while I had him watching the live feed, I was like, well, since you're on, um, (laughs) tell me what you're feeling. So he's like, well, there's this girl. um, There's had to have been a fire or something at the property. And about 18, maybe a little younger. And she comes at me after it's all said and done and says the same exact thing. And I'm like, yeah, we weren't, I oh. wasn't anywhere where I could hear him at all. I was outside. Oh, he was typing it in. Else. Yeah. It, oh, he I wasn't even that. on there. He was typing it in. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, interesting. But, but it wasn't until after the investigation when she was on the way home, she was like, you know, I felt this girl. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and I didn't feel the fire though. That was the difference there. I didn't feel a fire. It was, she was alongside the road. And I did find a historical piece of a girl that got killed alongside the road that they never did find the person that killed her. But speaking of fun, um, like interesting ghost entities that we've met along the way, oh. will we? Let's talk about Jeffy. Can we talk about Jeffy? We can talk about Jeffy. Yes, yeah, so let's that talk was, about Jeffy. <laughs> Jeffy was. Um, my team's first business, actual business investigation. My very first research assignment, because I had gotten on after they did the investigation. Yeah. So just mm-hmm. to we did the investigation and I realized, holy shit, we have 75 hours worth of fucking video time. I need help. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. This is was when Dustin was still part of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was working there at the time at this business. And he was like, um, we need, you need to come down here. We've got to do an investigation of this place. Mm-hmm. All right, sure. So we went down there and it was a, um, it was a pagan store. And uh, so it, a whole bunch of interesting stuff happened while there, but you don't think it happens while they're listening, just listening to me mm-hmm. talking because we're not, seeing or we're not seeing we're not hearing all the stuff that's being picked up um when we get the spirit box going that's when we start really hearing stuff happening and there was this one room that had a pentagram on the door and i had been told sometimes the entities get upset at it and they throw it across the room they 
throw it off the door. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in this room. So I go over to this room and I'm like, I hear you don't like this pentagram. And well, if you don't like it, throw it across the room. And I thought at the time I heard it's trouble. Well, that's not what I heard, but I'm sitting here going, well, if it's trouble, just throw it across the room (laughs) and nothing else happened. Well, replay, rewind, listening to it, Mm -hmm. you hear plain as day, be careful. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, (laughs) we actually have that as part of our um, intro, the end of our intro, it'll say, be careful. That is legitly Jeffy. And how I know that's who we're saying is Jeffy. I'm going to say it's Jeffy because of the fact that all the voices that were, that they were all the same, they were all the same. And like, at one point she said, what is your name? And he says, Jeffy. Okay. And then at one point he's literally spelling out the military and I don't remember the military alphabet, you know, and I was in the Bravo, Charlie Delta. He's going through that. And I was, and I was like, oh my gosh, Shauna, this is the military alphabet and she's like oh my gosh it is now mind you i don't well i don't know the alphabet so i was just like whatever i do know the alphabet not, i was not the, the military, military. <laughs> not the military so i know i don't know the alphabet <laughs> anyways so um so i was listening to it and stuff and at one point um she saw some lights and he says um yeah. don't don't pay attention to I'm that like, oh, and, what was that and i was like don't worry about it yeah and, and then like, i started laughing yeah, you just keep laughing. <laughs> yeah, like all this time. And so when I'm doing the research, I did the research on it in the history of it. In, um, in 2014, a very decorative soldier named Jeffy um, got hit by a bus there and died. Mm. Like literally well, right across the like street from, from the building. A little ways in front of it. And it was Well, it was right across the street. So like, Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, and that's, and so it just fell in with everything else. So like, oh my gosh, he literally, that was who he was. <laughs> so yep. we want to honor Jeffy. Yes. So we always bring up Jeffy because we want to honor him. He was a, he was very active, very, he's very active. active. And he was a very, and from the history I got on him, he was an amazing person when he was alive and he he did a lot for our country he didn't have a lot of family though no he but he did do a lot of lot for our country and so we yeah. want to honor that yeah absolutely and Shaw, thank you for your service oh thank you no problem love that we do it again well, good maybe Let's- not the well, I wouldn't go overseas. <laughs> Maybe not in the department you but were in, but where where the 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 <laughs> bro, the company I was in was amazing, and Fort Polk was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so let's end on this. I always ask my paranormal investigators the same question. Okay. Has there been a situation that you've encountered <laughs> where you're um? you had some little bit of anxiety or you kind of legitimately got scared when you normally wouldn't get scared. It freaked you out a little bit. Do you have any of those situations that kind of stand out where you got freaked out a little bit more than others? I mean, I guess the, the still, the, the still that we were, I was looking at after this investigation, the Collinsville investigation, I was looking at pictures. I was at home and I was looking at pictures and flipping through. And then this one picture, now mind you, it is a picture. It's a still. And it was at the kitchen and all of a sudden that still the, uh, the something inside of it turned and looked at me. And I was like, and then I was like, in the name of Jesus, go. And I just automatically was like, in the name of Jesus, go. And then I was like, then I was like, wait a minute, I got to send that to Shauna first. Like, <laughs> and so she sent it to me and I'm sitting there going, there's nothing Victoria, on it. Victoria, what did you send me? There's nothing on here. But I'd already like told it to go. 
like oopsie but i mean i was startled by that but i wasn't scared i don't we haven't really i mean there's a bunch of things that i've been like oh cool you know like Mm -hmm. well i think ashmore estates when we were at ashmore estates i went up to the third floor by myself to see if there was any part of the crew that was left behind Mm -hmm. and i'm walking down the hallway i was i was okay but coming back i started feeling eyes on me and i said don't you dare fucking push me (laughs) (laughs) but other than that i i I have not, and I'm not just saying that to say it. I have yeah. yet to be scared. I mean, other than that one, I know what startled. I'm going into when I go into yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I'm the same way. So we, I mean, we spent the night in the Sally house. I mm-hmm. slept like a baby. You know, mm-hmm. I, we, we numerous trips to Bobby Mackey's and to Waverly Hills. Nothing. You know, so uh, Ashmore's, it's it's on my list of uh, places to go because my buddy uh, Lee Kirkland says, and Nick Roth, both of them both said that it's like the place. It's like the Mecca for them. So it's a beautiful, amazing place. I mean, I started reading a book, a child's book, and I could just feel all the children running towards me. And we were were on that second, third floor. It was the third floor. And we were in the very back part Mm -hmm. of the room. And She's got this child book going. I've got the spirit box going. Then we've got Debbie, who is on my, on the team. She's recording it. Mm-hmm. So she's sitting there talking about this children's book, and mm-hmm. it's a train. And I'm like, yeah. well, hey, can you do a train sound? And then you hear a plane say, choo-choo. Yep. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh, okay. All these little kids. I mean, there must have been, oh, gosh, good seven or eight oh, kids gosh. in there. I don't and know. I, I don't have that kind of vision. <laughs> there, but, but, you know, they were just. And they were so excited. It was like, and I felt like they were so lonely and it just broke my heart. And we want to go back because not only do we want to go back for the children, but we heard a voice that nobody else seemed to hear just her and I. Yeah, it was amazing because you could even hear it on the recording Sonia. Sonia? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and she was like, she just kept saying, I'm "I'm here, here. I'm here, my name is Sonia, you know, and like nobody seemed to notice it. I'm like, why is nobody responding to Sonia? It it was kind of sad, so we want to kind of go back and talk to her Yeah, try to see if we can help her and figure out what's going on with her. The children were very helpful, just Mm -hmm. a little uh, a little late on the well, I guess they were early. It was just right in the time frame. You just I was walking and <laughs> I was looking at the window instead of looking down and I, I hear watch out and I'm like, watch out for ah <laughs> my thigh hit a a pole that was sticking <laughs> out and I'm like, oh that's what you a little want. sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a couple seconds back would have been nice. But no, we but, we love this. Yeah, absolutely. We we were hoping to get to get there last year. Jack Kenna was going to be doing an event for oh, autistic children. Yeah. yeah, Jack's a good friend of ours, but he, he was going is. to be doing an, an event out there for autistic children. I think it was oh, past August. That would have been great. And, and obviously it got canceled uh, because of COVID. We were going to go out there because mm-hmm. our granddaughter's autistic and it was, it was something we were going to, you know, really enjoy and get a table and help out and all that. But right. again, COVID. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Robin Terry is doing some stuff this year. Oh, I know yeah. he is. And we just had him on the show. And yeah, he's a he's a great person. Oh, just an amazing, is. amazing person. So. He is. Yeah, we went last September for the booths, um, the booths get together for Ashmore. And mm-hmm. it was my first time in Ashmore and it was amazing and yeah. being there with a group and it being amazing. I can only imagine what's going to be like from her besties. Yeah. <laughs> it was my birthday present from my besties, <laughs> my girls, <laughs> but it was, it was awesome. It was fun. It was amazing. It was interesting. And it, I, 
she's our historian, but I love delving into the history stuff mm -hmm. too. And I'm, I'm very into architecture mm -hmm. and I love old vintage buildings and architecture. And mm -hmm. this building was just, yeah. Now to oh. be clear, I am I am the historian. However, I'm also the sensitive. So I always wait yes. until after we do an investigation before I dive into the history. Yeah. Now, if she gets a case, she might know some of the history before because they might tell her, but she doesn't tell me because we want we want me to go in fresh and not, you know, be already thinking about the history. Oh, I want to go in there and so get I need something. to go in here and, yeah, and, and look try for to conjure just, or yeah. this. No, no, we want want whatever I say or whatever I feel that'll be genuine, not because of somebody telling me a story. Mm -hmm. So, well, the uh, name of the group is Geeks Paranormal, and the podcast mm -hmm. is Exploring the Paranormal with Geeks Paranormal. How can they find you guys on social media if they want to follow you and find out? And by the way, if you just search geeks paranormal in your podcast app they'll find it so they don't have to remember all that yep. Just, it's paranormal <laughs> yeah. it'll come up yeah. yeah and you'll see the two little geeky ghosts mm, yeah um, if you see the geeky ghost you're good if you see because yep. they see something else just, it, that's, that's probably not us, not us. yeah <laughs> but our website is www.exploringtheparanormalwithgeeksparanormal.com and then you can go to our Facebook page, Exploring mm -hmm. with Geeks Paranormal, or just the investigative group, which is Geeks Paranormal. Mm -hmm. Our YouTube channel is just Geeks Paranormal. Uh, Instagram is E underscore, wait, EP, okay. it's yeah. EPGP underscore podcast. Yeah, and then we have LinkedIn, and that oh, is, gosh. oh gosh, we're, we're everywhere. We're so everywhere. We just, every just social media just paranormal. Yeah, <laughs> you should be able to find you us. You should be able to find <laughs> us anywhere. <laughs> Well, Shaw Victoria, it's been a pleasure having you on. It's I advise oh, yeah. everybody go listen to the podcast. As you've heard at the beginning, they have tons of great guests, and uh, oh, yeah. and you've heard how they are. They're fun. This is this is what you get. So. <laughs> Oh, you get a lot more. Yeah, yeah. We're actually being calm right now. I don't know how so. we're being so calm. I really yeah. don't. But we usually are. we're loud, obnoxious, and just a lot of fun, and you'll be laughing a lot because we believe in spreading the light. Yeah, the light being the sun. Yeah, spreading the light on the paranormal. I thought she was going to finish it there for me. But oh, sorry. I thought, no. Okay. My bad. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. It was fun. Yes. So there you go. How fun are they? They are a hoot. <laughs> and they're out in Oklahoma too. So mm -hmm. we have to try to get them to our show when we go to Texas out there. Yeah, check that'd it be out. great. Um, they have so many celebrities on that show. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It is. That's so good for them. Go check them out. Also, tomorrow morning's episode, this is on Sunday. So Monday... I have an interview that I'm really excited about. It's with my all-time favorite author. And I know people think Stephen King or no, my all-time favorite author is David Domine. Mm -hmm. He is from Louisville and he's got three or four, I think five books on haunted Louisville. And I've read from him and I did used a lot of his books for research when we did our haunted Louisville episode a couple of years ago. And he is phenomenal. So, and thoroughly enjoyed that interview that's coming up tomorrow morning. So uh, check that out. He tells a bunch of haunted stories and including his new book that's going to be coming out is about a murder that was pretty well known in Louisville back not too long ago in the last 15 years. And he's actually got to writing a book on that. So he didn't tell a ton of the details because he wants you to yeah. read the book. But yeah, between the ghost stories that he tells and he's just a him. great storyteller. He does tours 
uh, haunted tours and historical tours and oh, stuff like that. So he's used to just being out there talking to people. Mm-hmm. So Very cool. Yeah, so you guys are going to love that. All right, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate everything that you guys do for us more than you will ever know. Yeah, we hope you all have a blessed week. We love you all.